This is the weekly sales meeting for October 15th, 2023. My name is Chris Fleming. You can reach me at chris at cdmediaconsulting.com or go to our website at cdmediaconsulting.com. Today's topic, the rate conversation. What do you charge for your goods and services? Is it the same as it was 20, 30, or worse 50 years ago? I dare say there are some operations I have worked with in the last 20 years that have not had a rate increase ever. If anything, rates have decreased over time. How is that possible? Please tell me. I am curious and I want to know. Is there another business vertical where the price of operation and the cost of doing business has gone down? In fact, the cost of running broadcast stations has not decreased in that same time frame. We all have overhead. And our operating margins should be based on our ability to charge fair market value for our commercial inventory, i.e. our goods and services, much like other business categories. Sadly, this is not the case. Commercial inventory prices have not kept pace with other consumer categories, most of which reflect input costs as a factor of pricing. Recently, I had to have the rate conversation with someone who couldn't believe that we were charging what we were charging for advertising. He said, I have never paid that in my life at your station. My answer was, okay, I guess you won't be on then. Oh, the horror. Broadcasters live in fear of that conversation. They don't want to tell a longtime advertiser that it now costs more to buy the same service they had previously been getting for half or less than half. My attitude is, so what? But broadcasters all over the world live in fear of losing one customer, even ones that cost them money. Your customers talk. When you allow the low-rate person to continue at the rock-bottom price, he or she is not only going to brag about it to anyone who will listen, but they will influence those you have charged the going rate to and convince them they have overpaid. One bad contract could be costing you hundreds of valuable ones. Take a different approach. Broadcast advertising is one of the most effective and efficient marketing vehicles. This idea of reaching a mass audience linked by a common interest, whether it is a program, event, sports, entertainment, or news, it draws fans that have a shared curiosity, and it does so with mass appeal and connection. The online and social world love to tout their silos of instantaneous connection. Meanwhile, broadcasters almost always abandon our leadership positions. The position is the common bonds of emotion. These emotions bind the communities we serve. We own this universe, yet we spend inordinate amounts of time crying that the internet is stealing our audience. We may have forgotten what we do so well, which is create emotions surrounding the connections we make. With these emotions come great authority and influence. We are the gatekeepers of these powerful marketing vehicles. We are the only influencers who can grant access to the purchasing power of our tribes. So why then do we refuse to treat this audience like the gold that it is? We are selling a premium service. We should treat it as such. We should act like the doorman at an exclusive nightclub. We have a whole audience inside of raving fans. No matter how big or how small, they are dedicated and bonded by their affinity for a lifestyle, event, community, or action. As the gatekeepers, access is only granted to those that are on the list and those that recognize this premium service that are allowed on. 
Quit discounting. Quit giving it away. Quit giving added value and bonus commercials. Stop it. After all, this is a capitalist society. Capitalism's basic pillars are one, the more expensive the product, the better it is, and two, the prices charged for goods and services are fair. Now, as you know, I hate the word fair because it's subjective, but as gatekeepers, we can set the value and hold the line on that value. We can hold up the pillars of capitalism at the gates of the barbarians screaming for lower, cheaper, and free opportunities. Think of it this way. Cadillac and Chevy are both made by General Motors. They are made in the same factories on the same chassis. At the end of the assembly line, the Cadillac may get some extra features and a fancy nameplate, but they are by and large the same vehicle. But the Cadillac is perceived as more valuable to the consumer because the brand stands for quality. It has a high perceived value, so it holds that value down the line. We struggle to hold that value in the pricing conversation because we have trained the customer to wait for a better price, a better deal. What if we didn't do that? Oh, the horror. The truth is, advertisers will always pay top dollar for niche marketing vehicles. Don't believe me? Look across the internet. We are awash in niche marketing vehicles. Advertisers are paying top dollar to reach a niche segment. As broadcasters, we also have niche products. They are capable of reaching specific lifestyle vehicles, yet we have not capitalized on that massed audience niche. We spend too much time worrying about demographic segmentation instead of highlighting lifestyle behavior patterns. These patterns make the biggest tribe of commonality and bond of commerce on the planet. Here's a hint. If we focus our efforts on the lifestyle groups we represent, we could demand a higher premium for our services. The more we know about the common behavior of our audience, the more that audience will have value to those wishing to reach it. We should charge a premium for these products. They are the vehicles to reach these distinct lifestyle groups. Even when talking about reaching a segment of the audience, a loyalty group or lifestyle group, we take the opposite approach. We want to charge less for reaching this subset of country listeners or news viewers. Why? Are we so desperate to make the sale that any sale will do? Here is some very free advice. Don't do that. This is the reason I can walk into most broadcast stations in America and find rates that are lower than they were 20 years ago. Or these rates are at least flat. All because of one overriding emotion. Fear. Why is this? It could be a perception problem. All the negative talk in the marketplace impacts us also. There is a perception that no one listens to the radio anymore, or cord cutting has killed the broadcast television business, or I can stream everything on Hulu, or everyone listens to satellite radio. Although I will admit I hadn't heard that one in a while, but I will let you guess the age bracket and lifestyle group of The Messenger. Meanwhile, less than 6% of the market even owns a satellite receiver, let alone listen to it, and satellite still has that conversion problem once the free subscription runs out. Most see it as an unnecessary expense and do not renew. And our advertisers? We train them. We train them to fixate on the cost per commercial instead of the idea. They are focused on the count and not the value. We impact audiences daily, and the audiences are going to buy goods and services in our market. Yet we forget our competitive advantages and the economic high ground. 
Our advertisers have learned that they can pressure us on the rate. They know we will cave on the rate to protect the business. They know because we have trained them and groomed them for this response. We, and those that came before us, have done a poor job of establishing the real value in our segmented lifestyle groups. We are so petrified of losing a sale to a competitor that we lose our principles and compromise our integrity, all in an effort to get the business, even if the business is bad for us. And when all decisions are reduced to rate, we become a commodity. In the commodity sale, there is no differentiation. The lowest rate wins the commodity race, and the race ends at the bottom. This is the difference between the broadcast business and the tire business, or any other business for that matter. In the tire business, it is usually the best operator in town that controls the market. Because of this programmatic commoditization of broadcasting, it allows the entire medium to be reduced to rate. This lets the worst broadcaster control the market instead of the best. One. In my world, we work on selling results. In a results-oriented sale, the rate should become secondary. If our customers are fixated on the rate, we did a very poor job of creating a strong value proposition. We didn't focus on audience quality. We didn't focus on the total spending and purchasing power of the group. We glazed over deliverability, reach, or frequency against the quality audience as we were building value. Instead, we heard a price objection and immediately caved in to get a sale. Our conversations should be emphatic. They should sound more like this. In fact, with all we are offering you, you should be paying me 10 times more. But instead, I'm making it available to you, my valued client, for a mere $3,000 per month per station. Wouldn't that be a novel concept? To hold and believe in the value of the audience we represent, rather than reduce it to the lowest common denominator of how much for how many. When we can assign a dollar value to the audience, it becomes much easier to quantify the buy, and that will justify the value proposition. My suggestion to you is to determine the purchasing value of your lifestyle group. Your audience, as a collective, has a high degree of consumer clout. Use this to your advantage. Look at the retail spending power in your marketplace. Determine your share of that. Quantify your collective group and what they intend to buy each week, each month, and each year. Take this to the market. In your customer conversations, determine the value of the deliverable. When you determine the value of each customer, it becomes much easier to make a value exchange based on real money. If you are working with an appliance dealer, determine the gross profit margin for each item sold. If the gross profit margin on a dishwasher is 50% and the retail price is $9.99.99, then you will know each sale generates $4.99.50 in gross profit. If your advertising schedule is priced at $3,000, you know the tangible number to create real value is 7. It would be obvious to the naked eye their investments generated a profit. Also take into account the decision-making period for your lifestyle group. For your audience members contemplating a new appliance, the gestation period to make a decision is 4 months. Even after the first advertisement airs, there is still a consideration period for a decision. If that period is four months, why would you take an agreement for less than that? Yet, if you do not know that particular number for the industry you are calling on, you could get spun. You will take an order for a suboptimal length. Meanwhile, the customer will hold you accountable for delivering positive results. There is no amount of advertising to change this duration for a mass audience. It might motivate someone to move sooner, but not an entire population. That is an unrealistic fantasy land. Deal in reality. This is the best case you can make for consistent 
consistent, long-range messaging. The person consuming the message today is starting their consumer journey, while the person who consumed it yesterday is one step closer to buying. This is also your ammunition for your value proposition. When you can quantify the total audience and put a cash value on their purchasing power, it makes it easier to draw a parallel to the total investment. You can use the retail price, gross margin of profit, and your total audience to quantify the potential value of the purchase. And you can take the retail spending power of your audience and show the tangibility of the messaging against a real dollar figure. And based on both these metrics, present them against against the total investment to make a case for purchase. You are doing so against an audience that is always going to be spending money in that category, but they won't be spending money with your business client unless they receive an invitation. You are the host of the party and can deliver this personal invitation via your airwaves. What is your business customer waiting for? That amount of money available will expire at the end of the week. And that is a very different conversation than how much for how many. And we never talked about cost per commercial. Why are we so afraid of raising the rates? We are the only business in the world that charges less for our product than we did 20 years ago. Do you think the tire dealers in town charge less for tires than he or she did 20 years ago? What about the furniture store, appliance dealer? Of course not. And the person who was telling me that he'd never paid that in his life is a contractor. Did the price of building supplies go up in the last 20 years? I'm sure it did. There is zero success in being the low-price, low-rate leader. It is not a position anyone should look to occupy, unless you are looking to declare bankruptcy in the next six months. Run a strong business and be a quality competitor. Know the value of what you represent. Find customers that want access to that level of concentrated purchasing power. Help them find a message which will resonate with that lifestyle group. Deploy it with enough frequency to be effective. You do that and you will never have to have the rate conversation again. My new book, 52 Weekly Sales Meetings, is now available on Amazon.com. If you like what you have heard here today, please consider ordering a copy or two. You can always send one to a friend. Go to cdmediaconsulting.com right now and follow the instructions to order.